It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. The Rays Radio Network proudly presents This Week in Rays Baseball. Here's your host, Neil Solons. Thanks very much for joining us. First and foremost, I hope you had a real happy Thanksgiving and that you were safe and healthy and maybe more important that you remain healthy throughout the course of uh, the offseason as we get through the holidays. As we close out the month of November, I thought it was important to bring you another podcast. We are coming up on the next checkpoint of the offseason, and that's the tender deadline. I wrote about that on our blog, raceradio.moblogs.com. Um, Wednesday night at 8 is the tender deadline, and we'll have another podcast once the decisions are made later on in the week. A couple of things I want to touch on today. Of course, after we had our last podcast last week, Charlie Morton did end up signing as a free agent with Atlanta, and I did want to touch on that. Obviously, Charlie meant a great deal to the organization. Uh, you could talk about how valuable he was in the clubhouse, how good he was in the community in his two years here, the fact that he lived here year-round, the big games he pitched from Oakland in the wild card game in 2019 to the 2020 season when he pitched in Game 7 of the ALCS against Houston to get the Rays to the World Series. I mean, it's no doubt the impact that he's had, but um, that impact remains. Uh, the leadership that he provided for a lot of pitchers, the lessons that he taught, the things that they learned from him, they remain. So his legacy in some ways will live on. And I also understood why the Rays were not going to pick up a $15 million option in the times we were in. Um, you know, in 2021, I think the expectation is stadiums will be at lower percentage capacity. Um, because of uh, the fact that 2020 was not normal, uh, you didn't get the, the playoff revenue you normally would receive during a run like the Rays had, especially they would have had, what, 10 postseason games. Um, so all of that made sense. And I also thought that at 37 years of age, um, you know, you hope that Charlie Morton was going to put up similar numbers to what he did in his first year with the Rays. But it becomes more challenging, and the Rays do have to stay somewhat disciplined based on the circumstances of the market. And when I saw Drew Smiley get $11 million for a year when he had pitched, I think, 140 total innings in four seasons, and Robbie Ray, who's been kind of up and down, got eight, I thought that would change the marketplace on a one-year deal for Charlie. And still, the Rays were kind of in this until the end, with Atlanta eventually beating the Rays out. That said... I'm confident that the front office is going to eventually make the right moves going forward that will make this team as good or better in 2021 than it was in 2020. And that obviously is the goal, and we'll see how things go, and we'll play things out move by move. But I think you look at the sum total at the end in determining what this offseason was like, as much as Charlie not returning, understandably, is disappointing. Now, while we wait for some of the, the, the moves to happen for the Rays in terms of additions, a group of Rays prospects are finally going to get to play here in December. Uh, the Rays have nine guys in Australia, one who's a native, and games begin there in the middle of this coming month. Uh, they include uh, Nathan Wiles and Joe LaSorsa, two pitchers who you'll hear from later, as well as pitchers Alan Strong and Jacob Lopez. 
Uh, outfielder Grant Witherspoon, Ford Proctor, who's doing some catching. Aziabel Ramirez, who's a middle infielder, and also outfielder Shane Sasaki, and infielder Curtis Mead. He's the uh, one native of Australia that the Rays got uh, in a 2019 deal with the Philadelphia Phillies. Um, as mentioned, I spoke with both Joe LaSorsa and Nathan Wiles before Thanksgiving, uh, first asking 2019 draft pick Joe LaSorsa what it means to be selected. I think it's an unbelievable opportunity. When I got the call from Jeff saying, uh, would you like to go to Australia? I said, absolutely, because that was something that knowing winter ball is a big deal and not having a season being played. I couldn't believe it, and I was incredibly excited for it, and I've just been counting down the days since, and I'm extremely excited just to get there and to get after it. So how hard has this whole experience been for you since March? Because you're up in New York State, and obviously New York City, not far from you, was one of the hardest areas in the world for COVID at the beginning of all this. Well, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It was pretty terrible. There were points at the beginning of March when we had to leave from spring training to go home where when I came home, it was still snowing outside. And there were areas where you were trying to even throw outside at public parks where it was completely shut down. So there legitimately was a period where the only type of work that I could really do was in my backyard or my basement. And throwing into a wall, into a net every day was pretty much my catch partner for, I'd say, a good month or two. And definitely as the weather got on and the lockdowns got a little bit less strict, it was slightly more feasible, but it definitely has not been easy because clearly nobody has ever dealt with anything like this before. But, you know, I was able to adapt and overcome and, you know, find a way to make one in a situation like this. But I definitely think in the end, it's really going to help me overall as a player because by the time things do go back to normal, the whole off season and all the training going back into it, it's going to come, you know, second nature to me. What types of things did you do once things were relaxed a little bit and how helpful were the Rays during the process? I know how much they did on Zoom and made sure that coaches were assigned to every player at the minor league level. Yeah, they really were great. I know that there are a couple other pro guys in different affiliates and different organizations than me. And talking to them, it seems like their organizations did not do as well of a job as the Rays did towards us because they were definitely, the Rays were talking with us every week, being very communicative and having us fill out a bunch of stuff on the apps that they have us um, overlooked by. And I know that they were doing a very good job with seeing how we were doing. And then in terms of when the lockdowns got a little bit less strict and then the weather got nicer, I definitely know that it was a little bit easier to train. I definitely, I was going to my gym and I know that We just had to work outside and go through the whole COVID mandate protocol. We're checking in, taking the temperature, which, you know, at first it seemed like it was going to be really annoying, but you get used to it and it becomes a part of your routine. And then from there, you just kind of go with it. And it didn't end up being that bad, but now kind of shifting back into the last month or so when the weather is starting to get cold again and the weather's out in the parlance and it's not really the same summer weather that we've had. That's when it's starting to feel like the beginning of quarantine again. And that's when it's been a little tougher right now. But, you know, I'm out of here in a couple of days, so it should be good. Did you have the opportunity while this was going on or as things relaxed to actually throw some bullpens? Yeah, I was doing that about once or twice a week, um, definitely in the months of June, July, August, with the other kids who from my area were home where they were either affiliated or at a high D1 college. We were still able to 
get some people together, throw some bullpens, um, even do a couple live ABs. So although it wasn't, you know, the ideal situation where I'd like to have been playing a full season, it was still, you know, pretty good for my development where I was able to focus on my craft the whole time as opposed to just focus on competing and making it through a full season. So that was something that's definitely new to me because I've never really taken the time off like I've had this COVID season, this in-season, off-season, as I like to put it. So the development process and the, you know, how well I've and how far I've come during this whole process of literally me just focusing on myself and getting better and focusing on my skills and fine-tuning my craft, it's definitely helped me improve a lot. So Joe, give me an idea of how you've grown. What types of things have you worked on from a physical standpoint, from maybe even a delivery standpoint, your stuff that you could measure? Well, I definitely put on a lot of uh, really good strength and my weight is at an all-time high for me. It's at 215. It's not a sloppy weight. It's a really thick 215. And then the main thing that I've never really done before was focus on mechan- on my mechanics because usually throughout college, high school, I mean, high school I was playing uh, two sports, baseball and football, and I never got a chance to really focus on, you know, really crafting my mechanics during the off season. And then in season I was competing. And then all throughout college at St. John's, uh, fall ball I was playing nonstop, summer ball I was a starter and I was playing, and during the season I was one of the main guys out of the pen, so I was constantly playing, and then the only off time I would have would just be for rest, so I never really focused on mechanics, and then even last season, uh, last off season during my first off season, I just focused on you know, getting stronger and throwing the ball better and being a little bit more conditioned in lieu of spring training, and then going to spring training, I was prepared, but not as prepared I'd be for the next spring training because of what I've done this new offseason because I've really focused on my mechanics, throwing the ball more efficient. I focused on pitch design. I focused on, obviously, without you know the typical throwing the ball harder, throwing the ball more effortlessly and hitting the glove way better and fine-tuning my pitches to really be the best version of myself. And as for a minor leaguer in their first offseason, again, it showed that from my first off season to this whole quarantine off season, it's shown that it's almost given me like when I was in spring training, a little demo run so that when we report for next spring training in 2021, I really have a good idea of what's going to happen and how I'm going to go about my business. So were you preparing before all of this happened to be a starter? Because I looked at your numbers and between St. John's and Hudson Valley, where you pitched last year, which is not far from where you grew up, you threw more than 120 innings a season ago. Yeah, I did. I I am pretty positive the Rays want me as a reliever. That's what I was preparing as. But obviously, as um, through the offseason, you know, you go through points where you're just trying to build up and you throw one inning and then two innings the next week and then three innings and you kind of build up like a starter. But I know that I'm probably more in their eyes as a reliever and I'm pretty positive I'm going down uh, to Australia as a reliever. So things should be pretty good. Uh, I mean, preparing that way, it's it's better because it's going to focus on me to throw with a little bit more intent and to really focus on my stuff as opposed to a starter that's, you know, just going to have to work on, you know, being conditioned to go deep into games. So I think I think it's going to be good. So stuff-wise, what were you at and when uh, you were at St. John's and how much has your stuff picked up now as a left-hander who stands, what, 6'5", 215? Yeah. So when I was at St. John's, I was still the same height, but I clearly needed to fill out my frame. And throughout St. John's, 
Uh, freshman year was the first time I hit 90. Sophomore year, I started hitting 90 a little bit more consistently. And then junior year, that was the first time I started because the starting spot was open. And I ended up taking that position and running with it and doing pretty darn well for myself. And, you know, by the time my junior year came, it was more me uh, throwing more innings in a game and consistently being around 90, 91. And then by the time I got to Hudson Valley, I think that's when I topped in velo. Maybe I think I hit like a 92, 93. And for me, that was good. And I viewed it as a success. But in the pro ball world, you know, that's a little below average, we'd say. But for a lefty like myself that has a lot of sink and movement on his ball, it's pretty good. And then as for this offseason, this whole quarantine offseason, I've really been focusing on the weight gain, the strength gain, and the mechanical gain for myself, where now like as I said, instead of muscling up and throwing the ball as hard as I can and it only being 91, now I was throwing a little bit more efficiently and effectively. And I was starting to pop some 93, 94s this off season. And I viewed that as a huge success myself because not only was that way harder than I've done in a regular season, but that was on a pen indoors with turfs on and no adrenaline running early in the morning. So I definitely saw some good things come out of this off season for me. And I think the Rays recognize that too. And I think that partially goes into the reason why I'm giving this opportunity to go play and show myself in Australia. And as someone who's been in an area that's been as hard hit as uh, by COVID, what does it mean to be going to Australia, which compared to most countries has had some control of the virus? Yeah, it's just... The fact that it's summer there right now and being able to go there as we head more into the winter months here in the Northeast, um, it's great. And I just, I'm really excited just to get down there and to, you know, go compete and to feel normal again as a baseball player. And from a cultural standpoint, have you left the country before and what will that mean? No, I haven't. So as soon as I found out, I needed to get my passport expedited as soon as possible. But other than that, I mean, baseball, uh, traveling in college is one thing, but I haven't really traveled that much even within the United States. I mean, the farthest I've gone outside of the East Coast was, you know, uh, to just uh, California once. That was to um, play a weekend series. Um, so other than that, I really haven't traveled that much across the country, let alone the world. So, I, But, you know, it's not something that I'm scared about. This is something that I'm definitely very excited for. And other than baseball, how did you occupy your time during the pandemic without going stir crazy? That that's a really good question. Thankfully, my family all lives very close to me, so we were all around each other a lot. I got two nieces that I'm able to be around a lot and to, you know, just see them and see their growth and, you know, them get older with each month. Um and not really that much hanging out with friends cuz the area that I'm around, you know, there aren't really that many people, so I was able to see a few people, but other than that, <laughs> I I got to be honest with you. It was literally wake up, train, throw, get all my baseball stuff done. Um, I really tried to use that to be my whole entire day. And then by the time I came home, really just focus on the nutritional aspect and fueling my body correctly. Other than that, not really much I could say, you know, a couple fishing, bike rides here or there. But other than that, it's, you know, during the whole pandemic quarantine thing up in here, I was nonstop just training, working on baseball this whole off season. Well, hopefully it all pays off for you and you've got some great stories to tell your nieces about uh, Australia someday as well. Yeah, I, I know. I know there'll be good stories. Yeah. That is Joe Lasorsa, and we thank him for being on the podcast. Next up, Nathan Wiles, who 
was also drafted in 2019 and went to the University of Oklahoma and similarly is looking forward to this chance to play in Australia. I mean, it's exciting for me. Obviously, we didn't have a season this year. Um, we had to stay home. We threw our pens. We did all our workouts. Uh, we did some Zoom calls, um, just like every other minor leaguer in the um, in the world right now. But I mean, it's exciting considering the Rays are known for you know their uh, their farm system, their minor leagues, and they use all their minor leaguers. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's exciting to go out and I'll be able to get some innings and. Um, hopefully have a have an easier start to spring training than if I was off for, you know, 14 months. No question. As a guy who went to the University of Oklahoma, what's the furthest you've been from home? And have you been out of the country before? Uh, so playing baseball, I mean, I've been all over the country playing baseball. We, obviously, we go to West Virginia uh, in the Big 12. We've been to various places in California um, in Hudson Valley is a raised team that I was at uh, in short season a couple years ago. Um, other, I mean, I've been to the Virgin Islands outside of baseball, but that's still, you know, U.S. territory. So I've never left the country in that sense. Um, so this should be an exciting first experience. What are you hoping to get out of it uh, on a baseball level and also on a, a personal level? Yeah, so on a baseball level, um, heading into my off season, my first off season as a professional baseball player, there were a lot of things I wanted to uh, I wanted to work on. I short I shortened up my arms, uh, my arm action. My um, I'm trying to use my legs more. I'm I'm trying to do basically a, a bunch of stuff to get a little more zip on the fastball. Um, maybe throw a little bit harder if if it helps. Um, I'm trying to get some rise on the fastball. Um, so I've been I've been really honing in on that stuff for now over a year and this opportunity to go and play um in december is is kind of what i'm using as a test to see how well all that stuff uh actually works on the mound on a personal level um i mean australia is a place i i pretty much know nothing about other than you know kangaroos and dingoes and whatnot and the you know a bunch of snakes and spiders which that's a different story but um, it'll be nice to see. Yeah, it'll be nice to see a you know a part of the world that I I basically know very little about. Um, I'm going over there with a few guys that I know, and um, it, sh it should just be a pretty fun. You know, on and off the field, it should just be a great experience. Now, did you get to throw some innings in instructional league? And if so, what was that like? Since you basically went you know a very long stretch without throwing to hitters, I would guess. So I actually have not been to Instructs um, either year that I've been in the Rays organization. After my short season in Hudson Valley, um, I had racked up over, I think it was like 160 innings. Uh, no, it wasn't that much. It was like 140 innings um, through Oklahoma and Hudson Valley. And so they shut me down for that offseason. Um, so I didn't go to Instructs. And then this offseason or uh, this fall, I, I was not invited to Instructs. So, uh, yeah, this will be the first time facing hitters in – it's at least over a year. It's been a while. So what did you do during the pandemic and who was most helpful among the Rays coaching staff in terms of keeping you on track? Um, yeah. So we, what the Rays did, I think they handled it, you know, extremely well as they handle most stuff with their minor leaguers. I can't complain anything. Um, but what they did is we had Zoom calls every week with a, a coach who would call uh, like a small group of players um and then we would talk about 
you know, what we did for that week, uh, how we handled whatever we wanted to address that week. Um, we, we had to send videos of pins. We uh, had to update our trainers, uh, our staff. We had, I mean, we were in basically constant talks with, uh, with everyone in the organization um, just to make sure that we were still um, able to get our work in uh, each week and, just and I, you know, they kept saying this over and over again. It was just because we don't have a season doesn't mean you can't get better. And I mean, we we really took that to heart, and um, we kind of locked in on that. Uh, the staff that helped was, I mean, trainers. I mean, I had my specific ones were. Oh, let's see. I had Haley, who's a trainer. She called me every week just to make sure I was healthy. Uh, Jordan, who's a strength and conditioning uh, guy, he was uh, he was just making sure I was up to date on my on my workouts and my running. And then um, uh, Alberto was the guy who called me for the pitching stuff. And then uh, we had some Zoom some Zoom calls with the coordinators uh, about every other week um, with a lot of guys on that call uh, just to make sure that we were doing what we were supposed to be doing. And how often did you throw bullpens or play catch? And um, what was that like? Yeah, it was. It took me back to. Uh, uh, it took me back to winter of when I was in college. So I would throw. I threw bullpens twice a week on Tuesday and Friday. Um, threw six times a week. Took Sundays off. And it, it, I, I tell you that it reminds me of college because when we went home for winter break from Oklahoma. Uh, Skip would our coach would give us a program, and it would be we long toss twice a week, we throw pens twice a week, um, and I would do that. I um, I live right by a high school, and so they have a field, they have a pen, they do all that stuff. So I would um, I'd go out to that field with my uh, older brother, and he would catch all my pens, and he'd play catch with me, and um, you know he'd get on my case every time I made a bad throw, asking me if I'm supposed to be a professional baseball player or not. Um, so that's just some good brotherly banter, but, um, yeah, it really just, it really tests you to see how badly you really want it. Cause there were so many days where, you know, you wake up and you ask yourself, what am I doing here? Like I'm going out to a field to play catch for, you know, a time where we're not even supposed to leave the house and I'm supposed to be, you know, out in New York or I'm supposed to be out on the East coast. I'm supposed to be doing this and that. Um, but I mean, we made it. We made it through. Now, now we got a good opportunity, and hopefully, it'll all pay off uh, here in the next couple of weeks. For our fans who may not know, what was your stuff like at Oklahoma in terms of your the types of pitches you threw, velocity, and have have you been able to measure yourself in terms of you know radar guns or or any type of uh, TrackMan type stuff or anything like that? Yeah, so I kind of pride myself on being a pitchability guy um i my fastball is nothing to blank at you know it's 89 91 most of the time this is all before i changed my arm action and and i changed my i changed my my delivery just a little bit so hopefully all these numbers are going to go up but i mean 89 91 i had a change up slider i got a, a get me over curveball um it was i didn't have a lot of swing and miss stuff but i mean my thing was, I, I mean, I'll get you out in one or two pitches and I'll, I'll pitch into the seventh or eighth inning almost every time. Um, uh, but yeah, that was, 
hopefully now I've gotten on TrackMan a couple times uh, this off season and thrown into a net. You don't got the adrenaline that you're supposed to have when you're in a game. But I mean, I've I got up to ninety. I mean, I've been up to ninety a couple times. Um, just you know, at like nice and easy, eighty percent, eighty five percent. So that's been really good. In Hudson Valley, there was one game where um, I was I was throwing. I got up to ninety six a couple times, which was kind of out of nowhere, but it was after I, I did let up a, an O2 home run. So that probably had something to do with it. And did, were you kind of projecting to start this year since you were a, you know, 130, 140 inning guy between uh, Hudson Valley and, and your college time last year? Was that kind of the expectation this season? Yeah. My expectation this season was kind of different because in spring training uh, last year, they had, they had me marked down as a reliever. Um, but obviously that's just spring training and I didn't get to see what the season was going to entail, but in Australia, I will start, um, uh, I think I'm on a five inning pitch limit, um, uh, no matter what. So we won't get to see that seventh, eighth and ninth inning stuff, but, um, uh, that doesn't really matter to me. I'm, I'm, I'm going there to, you know, see what my stuff does against hitters. I'm, I'm going there just to get some work in and, um, you know, we're going to save the best for the uh, the actual season that's to come. That sounds like a good idea. And the other thing I'm curious too, you know, having been in the United States and, and going to a country you haven't been to, I'm sure you've read, they've done a pretty good job about keeping COVID in check. Um, yeah, is that comforting been... for you to, to be in that situation? I don't know what things have been like where, where you are at home. Yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it's, kind of a breath of fresh air almost i mean literally and figuratively um because everyone keeps asking me how my you know how do you do this or how how's this season supposed to work and all the information that we've received so far about australia is they've i mean they've had zero cases for the last week in the whole country um they said they're gonna have fans in the stands we might not have to wear like any sort of uh masks or anything like that um, so as far as I know, which obviously this is subject to change, but as far as I know, baseball should be as usual, uh, there, which is, which is kind of a, a nice thing for me, considering I, I didn't have a season when I had to wear a mask or had to do all these things that the MLB had to do this year. So, um, and with, so I say that it's nice because after not pitching for over a year, um, I think trying to handle the mask and all that, um, all that other stuff would just be an extra weight on my shoulders that now I think has been lifted. Well, we wish you a lot of success and luck over there. We appreciate some time to get to know you a little bit. And, you know, hopefully next year uh, things are much more back to normal than they've been. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate it. We thank Nathan Wiles, Joe LaSorsa for the time, and thank you for hanging out with us. Again, with the tender deadline approaching, you can check out our blog post, raceradio.moblogs.com. More later this week, including another podcast. In the meantime, stay safe, stay healthy, and chat with you soon.